Hi, Scott Haskin here, host of the Haskin Cast podcast, Uriah Heat, the Magician's podcast, and guest host on another show which may or may not have been announced by now. Uh, obviously, I'm taping all these uh, well ahead of time so uh, so I can get them uploaded, but uh, if it has been announced, the link will be in the show notes. Check that out. It's a great show. Very excited and honored to be a part of it, and you can check it out. And if not, just keep checking back because the, the links will be there, and it will also be announced on my website. And I don't know, maybe I'll even do like an email blast. I, I send out an email to my mailing list like once every four or five months or once a year. So, um, you know, not a chore of how many emails that you get from me. Problem is a lot of people forget that they even signed up for it. And when I send an email, they're like, I don't know what this is. And they just then delete it or, um, you know, un unsubscribe. So uh, if you have subscribed to my mailing list, you did it because you did it and not because I put you on there. Uh, they're all manual subscribes. So thank you very much for that. And uh, if you're not on that, you can go to www.scotthaskin.com, go all the way to the bottom, and there is a subscribe link there. And you can also just click the link in the show notes as well. Uh, here we are about to return to our third part of our four-part, 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 yeah, I'm a great host, four-part series on Cobra Kai the wonderful Netflix series, which is a uh, basically like a reboot of the movie series, The Karate Kid, uh, the Daniel LaRusso story uh, with Johnny Lawrence, and then they've kind of peppered in some other things from the other movies as well. Um, so far, it, it has just been incredible. Five seasons in and uh, amazing. I'm very much looking forward to season six. I just want to point out, I tend to get a little nitpicky about details because and I've talked about this on the show before, I'm kind of a continuity person and I'm kind of one of those people that not just continuity like, oh, look, there's a Starbucks and this is Game of Thrones, not just that kind of continuity, but things that just don't make sense within the universe or the history or, you know, how things are put together. Um, I don't remember if I if we talked about it on the show, but it all started with just little things I would notice, like in, in Die Hard, the first time I saw Die Hard, um, I mean, I wasn't even 18 yet and I'm noticing that well, his shirt was a lot dirtier five minutes ago, and it's a lot cleaner now. How is that possible if this is the progression of, you know, one night? Uh, just those kind of things, and then things that just didn't make sense, like, um, okay, so he's taking her out for uh, seafood on page 95, but on page 5, she's allergic to shellfish, so why would the author have picked Red Lobster to take her to? Those kind of things are, are just things that I notice, and that's kind of how I started working on books for people, doing proofreading and things like that, um, just because I would pick up on those kind of things. So I never do it in a mean-spirited way. It, it's not about that. It's just pointing out things that I found that were interesting, or interesting to me anyway. So uh, total respect to the show. You know, they do so many things, it is so impossible to catch every little thing. Um, you know, the first book that I wrote, uh, my brother and I, I think between the two of us, we read it 13 times. And we're like, okay, it's it's right. Everything is spelled right. It's all phrased right. It makes sense. It's done. It's good to go. And then when uh, Tamara McDaniel and I went to do the audiobook of the first version, we found all kinds of errors. And it's just like, you know, your your brain already knows, so it skips over a lot of things. So it's very easy to miss stuff in the process of writing or shooting or editing, that sort of thing. So I, I never say anything in a mean-spirited way. Um, it's just more stuff that I point out as a point of interest. So I hope it's taken that way. And uh, let's get back to part three of my discussion with John Matola from the Deep Purple Podcast.
But you know what's interesting is, apart from uh, the two of them, none of the other kids from their school were in this season. So uh, Anthony's love interest, uh, I, I can't remember her name, but that that young girl that that he was interested in, uh, mm-hmm. and all his friends that got into trouble and got suspended at the same time Anthony did, none of them were in this season. So I'm thinking that somewhere in season six, that arc has got to develop a little bit too, because now mm-hmm. the dynamic between those kids is going to be different, uh, especially if it if it's different between those two kids, then everybody else now is going to have to change too. And she was, of course, the neutral party because she wanted to be friends with everybody. Right. Well, they also need to develop more. I know that I, I was reading something about um, there's only so many times you can do a fight scene karate fight scene before it's it it gets boring or what are you going to do with it mm-hmm. um which is why uh, another reason where i think that after this season they could call it quits because how many different fight sequences can you see but <clears throat> i think having uh different opponents or different motives behind it um is what's going to make it interesting so i think that at some point you know maybe um kenny and, and anthony might duke it out uh, to to solve their differences, kind of the the old trope of uh, once one of us knocks the other one down, all right, now we're good. Like after the fight, so it's like, all right, I beat your ass. Like now we're friends. Like like the way that Robbie and Miguel did. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. like, let's talk about that for a second. That had me on the edge of my seat. Oh yeah, because I didn't know what to think after the whole uh, Johnny and Carmen baby thing. I'm like, this this could go like either way. Uh, because I've been, I've been faked out so much in this season. So when they fought their way up to the stairs and he started pummeling on Robbie, I'm like, Oh God, he's going to fall off the railing and he's going to paralyze him. Oh my God, (laughs) this is not good. Yeah. And, and then he, like, he showed mercy on him and then they became friends. And I, I, I found that that was really, I felt it was convenient, but also realistic. Like that's the ideal of what you want to happen in that situation. Yeah. I mean, if somebody um, doesn't get knocked out, that's usually how a fight ends. Somebody has to go enough. Right. And um, yeah, but I mean, I was, I was like, I was on the edge of my seat because I'm like, I, I don't put it past this, this show to like, to, to knock, to knock Robbie off of the thing <laughs> and have him like yeah. break his back or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I had a feeling that Miguel wasn't going to do that. Yeah, I really liked that that was the moment that he had that restraint that he just kind of like screamed and let all that aggression and anger out, you know, uh, the one the only thing I didn't like about that fight, and it was very much an edge of your seat. I mean, you really it, it felt like Miguel had the upper hand, like he's maybe a little bit better of a fighter than Robbie. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, it's like Robbie was holding up his own pretty well. Oh yeah, but what bothered me was so Johnny is like yelling at them once they run up the stairs, his ass should have been up the stairs as soon as they were up there putting a stop to it, because now there's the railing, there's, you know, history. And they always talk about history repeating on this show, right? Yeah. So you're kind of waiting for that moment. And they set it up so perfectly where you think Miguel's going to kick him over the, the railing. But that was the one thing, like, now it's dangerous. It's bad enough when they're on the ground, but now they're up on a second floor with not a lot of protection. Johnny should have been up those stairs instead of just yelling at him to stop fighting, because obviously they weren't going to do that. Right. But so that, I, was, I, but, that was the one thing that bothered me about that scene. But I thought the rest of it was and the emotion that those two had, um, I thought was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, uh, the, the emotion in the scene, the actors are great. I mean, um, that, that's one of the things that I like about 
the show is that the 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 younger cast are just uh they are great actors mm-hmm. um um they they're really part of helping you identify and care about the the new generation cast because i like a lot of these uh shows when you kind of have the the old and the new the nostalgia and the new cast it, it takes you a while to warm up to the new cast or you're just like, yeah, the new generation, this this sucks. I'm not interested. So it really is a delicate balance. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the reason Johnny didn't stop him was, is because he spent a better part of that whole episode, getting those two to try and resolve their differences. Mm -hmm. So he knew he had to stand aside, but he was telling him that the fight was over. He's like, all right, stop fights over guys quit. Well, because he was worried about him, but yeah. I, I think at the same day he was at the same time he wasn't jumping in because in the back of his mind he knew, all right, the escape room didn't work, Olive Garden didn't work. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and if Olive Garden isn't going to solve your problems, I don't know what will. <laughs> well, hey, as a as a card carrying Italian, Olive Garden solves nothing. All right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so don't, don't say that in front of me. That's right. And I may not look Italian, but I have a lot of Italian in my heritage. Yeah, one thing I know is that you don't go anywhere uh, to someone's house without stuff and you don't leave without stuff. I can I can confirm that is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm curious to, you know, there's been a lot of references to Rocky Three, And uh, even early on when uh, Johnny pitched to Daniel, we should have our own fight. And then in season five, Daniel plants the idea of, uh, you know, for Robbie and Miguel to have their fight. He goes, maybe that's what we should have done. Maybe we just should have just duked it out until the end. Um, I have to think that the show ending, the final ending of the show will be a Rocky three ending and we won't know who wins. But I'm wondering who's actually going to be the fighters, because I could see it being Daniel and Johnny. I could see it being Robbie and Miguel. I could see it being Tori and Sam. Um, I mean, it could even be bigger than that, because don't forget, they're still in that that uh, world karate tournament. That's true. So somebody's got to go to that. And that could be the that could be the new the the new chosen could be the new villain over there. They could introduce like a new like generation chosen, like the the uh, the relentless uh, uh, guy from the other country who sh- shows no mercy and is uh, and maybe they all band together and it's going to be one of them versus the new villain and that person is the the champion for all of them. I mean, that could also be there because I can't believe that with that that world tournament hanging over their heads, that it's going to come down to, like you said, Miguel versus Robbie, this one versus that one. I think that that's kind of at this point, they position that to be small potatoes mm. because now you have the now you have the big tournament coming up and yeah. they're probably going to fly over there and um they're going to meet new rivals and that's going to cause all of them to band together. I mean, that could be another way that it goes. That's very true. Very true. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I just, I get when it gets a few seasons and I get to that point where I'm like, I just hope the writers can keep up the pacing of the show. I hope yeah. that, you know, they, they don't start getting crazy trying too hard to come up with the ideas that they need to. Um, I don't get the feeling that this is a series that was mapped out from the beginning all the way to the end. I think they're just kind of like, okay, now we got to write 10 more episodes. What are we going to put these people through? Well, yeah, I don't think that they knew at all because I mean, they were on a, they were on a smaller time 
um, uh, platform until Netflix picked them up. So, I mean, that, that could have just been a one and done thing. Who knows? Yeah. And shout out um, to Netflix, by the way, for for saving this series from YouTube, because uh, if if it would have ended the way it did on YouTube, I mean, we would have missed out on so much. Yeah, absolutely. So much. Interesting side note on uh, if you're if you guys obviously anybody who's listening to this episode probably has Netflix. Um, there is a show called Nailed It, and on the Halloween season this year of, of uh, Nailed It, um, both the actors that play Dimitri and Sam are on. Sam is a guest judge, and Dimitri is one of the contestants, oh. making uh, doing a horrible job making replicas of things that they put out for them to make. Uh, you know, they do these really elaborate desserts and they're like, okay, now you have to make it. And no one can ever come close to these ridiculously. I mean, these are things that would take a professional hours to do. Yeah. And they're like, you got 45 minutes, like just, <laughs> just do something. You know? uh, so it, w- it was fun watching the two of them interact as real people and not just, you know, like in an interview situation and stuff like, like th- there's so many interviews with these people on YouTube. Um, but I want to, I want to talk about Robbie too, because I think there is another actor that, I mean, he has to bring so much emotion to his character and seeing all the things that he's gone through. I mean, just, just his eyes as an actor, like so many times, like he's got fear, he's got, you know, times he's upset times. He's just like given up. Um, he's probably had the the biggest emotional arc of anybody on the show. And I got to give props to him as an actor because I think he's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, that it's not a new type of character, the um, the good looking guy from the wrong side of the tracks type of uh, story uh, mm-hmm. where circumstances are what made him bad um, type of thing, because you see him as a kind of a, a, a hoodlum like in the first in the first season. Uh, you see him at home with the, the the light that the electric is off and everything like that. And his mom is basically abandoning him. And he's just, you see that glimpse of him like, oh, I thought we could watch a movie or something together. And she's like, no, I'm going out. And then he's just, and then you kind of feel like, okay, between Johnny not being in his life, his mom being pretty much deadbeat and everything. All right. I see where he got here. Right. And then he goes to LaRusso's and he takes him under his wing. And then of course he's distrustful. so when the first bit of mistrust comes in, um, he immediately shuts everybody out. And, um, you know, you're really pushing for him and Johnny to be, have a relationship, which that was one of my favorite parts of this season is is finally like the two of them going to Mexico. And you could see that like Robbie was pissed that he kind of deceived him into doing it, Mm -hmm. but not the same kind of pissed he would have been at him like a few seasons before. Right. Yeah. Well, that that just kind of like annoyed. That moment after the last tournament at the end of season four, uh, when yeah. when uh, they met up at the Cobra Kai Dojo, I thought that was such a beautiful moment for them, for Robbie to just be like, I don't want to hate you anymore. I don't want you to be the the blame for all my problems. I just thought that was such an amazing thing. And, and it was all that moment when he was about to hit Hawk and he looked up and he saw Kenny and he's like, that was just such a, a, a defining moment for him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that that was just such a beautiful exchange between the two of them. And I thought that was going to set up some pretty amazing things for season five. Yeah. But I first saw the the actor that plays Robbie. I can't think of his name at the at the moment, but um, I first saw him actually on Girl Meets World, where he was a character that came in towards the end. Um, and I, I thought, you know, this guy's a pretty good actor. I wonder what else he'll go on to do. And then when I saw he was in Cobra Kai, I'm like, well, that. 
<laughs> but I think right. the casting on the show is just phenomenal. I mean, the, the ensemble that they brought, and it's tough with kids because they're going to grow the way that they grow physically. Um, like if you look at Kenny between season four and season five, he's he's like a whole different guy, just mm-hmm. like with Anthony, you know, whole right. different, different kid. And so it's it's like really tough when you're working with young kids to, you know, to see how they develop. And um, the girl that plays Devin Lee, she's another one where I'm like, she's a really good actress and she's got, you know, kind of a tough role to play. And uh, they they really cast this so well. And b- between that and the like, like the um, the fight choreographers and everything, and this yeah. is just such a well done show from top to bottom. Oh, yeah. I mean, easily one of my one of my favorite shows in the past, I don't know how many years. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just, since, since season one, I've been singing its praises for just being so good um, for, for all these reasons and more, I'm sure that there's a ton of them that we probably won't get to today, <laughs> yeah. but, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so well done. And I, I think it's because it, it, it hits all the, it hits all the points. It's, it's something that everybody can relate to. Um, yeah. uh, cause there's a lot of stuff in it that is the kind of the, the, um, something you see in a TV series or a movie, which are pretty predictable. Some of the things we talked about storylines or the way the characters, um, uh, react to things, but there are also things in there that, that aren't, but I think it's something that it's all stuff that everybody can relate to or get, mm-hmm. at least get invested in. Because I mean, we, we've all been uh in uh like if you're younger you've all been in the situation of the the clickiness of teenagers and the stuff that goes on there and right. everybody loves a good fight scene um which that that fight in the school would never have in season one would have never happened in in reality or season two or whatever it was um like the big karate battle like in the school like oh when, yeah when in god's name will it ever have gotten to that <laughs> You know, but it was yeah. cool to watch. But mm-hmm. even like being being an adult and seeing the adult relationships and how they go back and forth, which are still rooted in like even the beginning of uh, Daniel and Johnny's interaction is still that carrying things from when you were younger into being an adult. And I'm sure that we've all felt that, too. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and it, it's just I, I feel there's just so much in there that people can um, can hang on to or can relate to that. That's why it's a good show, regardless of whether, you know, the backstory or not. And I like that it's done with real language too, you know, not like uh, shows where they, they won't swear and they sugarcoat or they work around swearing, like, you know, heck darn and golly gee and, and, and stuff where it's like, just say the fucking word, you know, <laughs> but I, I love <laughs> exactly. that it's real language. It's like people really talk. And I think that that brings out a whole nother level of realism to the show because it feels real world, even though the situations like I, I learned karate when I was young, not to the extent these kids have, but I learned some, Mm -hmm. I have never in my life had to use karate every day to defend myself. I've never been in this many fight situations. Like, it's just like, (laughs) that's just not realistic. But, but, um, but I love that it feels real world apart from the, some of the situations that these kids end up in. Well, that's that's the world that they develop, though. Uh, that's the that's this is the Cobra Kai world. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, suspension of disbelief. Yeah, no nobody in real life is going to get into that many karate battles in like a day or even a week. Yeah. But uh, when you're watching the show, you're like, okay, this is their reality. But you also have to think too that some of the some of the episodes are probably spanning over. 
who knows how long. It's not just one day. So yeah, well, if you think about it, it's you know that's one thing about this show that that does get a little bit confusing. And I and I'm not saying this to, to bash them at all, but the the reference of timeline is really confusing because you know they're they're in high school, but we don't really know what grade they're in. I can't imagine that they're not seniors. And mm-hmm. they did the All Valley, yet they go back next year and it's the under 18 uh, All Valley. So you know that, okay, maybe this year they're seniors. And then Miguel goes to Mexico after the school year is over and he says, I'm in high school. So does that mean he's a senior now and they still have another year of school and there's another All Valley? Like the the reference of time uh, is not really well defined, but it doesn't necessarily need to be on the show. Nah. Except for that's like the only one thing that would matter is if they're over 18, they can't be in that tournament anymore. Right. You know, so that's that's the only point that or whether they go back to school versus being out of school and having to say get a job or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, for for the point of reference, are they are they probably they were probably freshmen or sophomores at the beginning of the the season and uh, maybe in the final season is when they're going to be seniors, even though most of them are in their their mid early early twenties at this point, mm-hmm. um, but but look like they could still be in high school. But yeah. I, but I mean that's also not that's also not the point. It's kind of like um like um like Raging Bull was a was a boxing movie, but there was no boxing scenes in it because it was it really wasn't about that. Right. So I I think it's kind of the, this is the uh, something similar in reverse. Is just like what's what's important about it? is it really important what grade these guys are in or whatever. I guess if you really want to break it down and be critical of the 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 timeline or the writing or whatever, then you could be like, well, if they were burp, 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 but it's like then that just kind of takes away from how fun it is to watch the series. It's but almost I mean, like for, those, those people that mapped out the over overlook hotel in The Shining and found out that the hotel makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> You know, right. based on on the different scenes. Yeah, you could. I, I just, you know, as as I'm thinking about it, I, I've questioned that a few times. I'm like, OK, so they're back at the All Valley, but it's under 18. How old are these kids? Like, where are they at in the timeline? Because that that's <laughs> yeah. a little confusing. But and and I tend to be one of those continuity people. I don't try to be. I just see things like, yeah, um, when they had that flashback of, of Crease and Silver when they were young, and and Silver's like, my dad doesn't want me doing this dojo. He doesn't want me, you know, he wants me to take over his business. Otherwise, I'm out of the will. And Chris is like, hey, we're just ramping up. I got this kid. He's got the same name as me. I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't line up with Johnny's flashback because when Johnny met Chris, Chris was already older and this, this dojo already had a full, it was almost like a repeat of Daniel's entrance when mm-hmm. he first went to Cobra Kai in the movie. Um, you know, it was already established. Crease was older. They had the back of his head. So you knew it wasn't the young crease. So like that stuff doesn't line up. I can't help it. I just see those things. I mean, I, I knew that. I knew that too, because when he was talking about just starting up his dojo and, and meeting Johnny, I'm like, if this is like a couple of years before the original Karate Kid, then Crease must have aged like horribly because he was still the the young actor played. I mean, he didn't even look remotely like like uh like Crease did. So I'm just right. like, yeah, that that I did notice. Yeah. Um but at, at the same time I I was just like, okay, I'm going to just put that aside. Um I think for conversations like this, if you're really breaking it down, that's where it it really comes into play. Yeah. Um uh, but I mean, outside of that, when you're actually watching the show, uh, it doesn't really I mean, you could break that stuff down and poke holes in it, but then it just kind of makes watching the show 
not not as much fun if you're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes it it doesn't make it fun if you're mad about it. <laughs> well, it's yeah, and it's interesting. I think it depends on the show for me. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, and this is one of the reasons I started um, reading audiobook or uh, reading um, books for authors, because I would find little things on that. Like, okay, on page five, she was allergic to shellfish, but on page 90, he's taking her to Red Lobster. So, you know, that doesn't line up. <laughs> right. uh, and that's how I started uh, doing books. But, um, okay, so the Amityville Horror reboot, or I'm sorry, the Poltergeist reboot that came out a few years ago. I'm watching this movie and I've worked in mortgage for most of my life. So here's a guy who just lost his job. His wife is an aspiring writer who has not written her first book yet. And they're getting a three level, like nine bedroom house. They're getting approved for that. I'm like, who in the hell is approving them for this loan? <laughs> and that was in the first 15 minutes. So right there, I'm like, now you've taken me out of the story. You can sell me anything. You can sell me Dune. You can sell me Star Wars. You can sell me The Walking Dead. And I'll be in that universe with you. But it has to make sense. And so with Poltergeist, like that took me out of the movie. And then they find the uh, clown doll and they leave it in the kid's room. And he's like, this really creeps me out. And they're like, I'll just just keep it in your room. I'm like, what? Who are these people? (laughs) Like it didn't line up to reality. So I didn't like that movie because of it. With Cobra Kai, I love this show so much that I'll notice those things, but they slip out of my mind. You know, like I'll I'll pick up on it and I'll go, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense, or that's kind of weird, or that doesn't line up. But okay, well, yeah, who cares? What's you know what's happening now? Like it it it's I love the show so much that I can bypass a lot of that. Yeah, I think that that's that that happens uh, with a with a show like that, which I I have uh, a very few of them where I've become attached to the show and to the cast, where where I I I love and care about them so much that. I'm just willing to forget about any inconsistencies at all. Yeah. So Um, I want to talk to you about the music in the show too. Um, But first I have to say, let's talk about Martin Cove as an actor. I mean, here's a character that in the Karate Kid seemed very one dimensional Uh, coming back in the Karate Kid three was that exact same guy. Um, You see him in Rambo. He's pretty much the same guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, But boy, in this series, especially this last season, uh, he has really shown he's got some acting chops. I think, um, well, first of all, his, I was, I was cheering at the end of the first season when he came out of the shadows oh, smoking yeah. the cigar. Mm-hmm. That was the first moment for me where I'm like, this series is going to be something else. I was, I jumped, I jumped off the couch. I was like, Oh my God, it's great. <laughs> so, um, but he's, he's very, um, he's very measured. He's very, um, in some ways one dimensional, but I don't like on the surface, but I don't really think he is because he, you could tell he's, he doesn't, he doesn't want to let you in. Mm-hmm. He seems very uncomfortable around people. Like even when he's talking to the therapist and he's, whether he's faking it so he can try and get out, he's like, doc, you know, it's like, I'm not buying him being like, Oh, <laughs> oh gee whiz. And she didn't buy it either. Yeah. Um, but even when he was spilling his guts, like he just, he, uh, when he was talking to Daniel and Johnny and he's just like, I want to help you. You could tell that he could just give a shit either way. Mm-hmm. Like help me. Don't help me. I can, I can take care of myself, whatever. Um, he just seems really stoic, really uh, uh, like a, like an Island. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I definitely think that he's a good, he's a good actor and he's a good character, but it's, it's really, it's really tough because it's, he, he's made it where 
I don't see him aligning with anybody. Like, I don't see him breaking down and being like joining forces with Daniel and Johnny, even though he's got that, you can, you can feel that tie and that relationship that he wants with Johnny because he, he was, um, it goes so far back as him cultivating him as his star student and everything and taking him under his wing. That's the only time you ever kind of feel that emotion coming from him, even though he's still got that kind of straight face and almost no emotion, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, he really positions himself into a, into a way where, um, uh, the, the character, whether it's the, um, the actor, um, is doing it this way, or this is just the way that he's acting. Um, uh, the scenes is, is that you, you just don't know what his motive is. He just seems almost like so emotionless or like nothing affects him that it's like, I I don't know what way he's going to go. Like, I can't see him like crawling to, Miyagi doe going, Oh, I was wrong. Like I hung up all my stuff on Cobra Kai. Like I think that he, he believes in what he is and who he is. Well, I think he's going to stick by it. I think they set it up and it just came to me as you were saying that. Um, first I'll say that the turning point I think was when Johnny said, um, when, when he was waiting for Daniel to come back with his call to the lawyer, um, he said, I want to erase everything you ever did. And I think that was when Kreese actually had that realization. Because you saw in the last tournament when he had those flashbacks to, you know, when when Tori said, I don't need to cheat to win. And he, you know, he had that flashback to what he put Johnny through. And you Mm -hmm. see he's starting to awaken a little bit. But I think it was what Johnny said, I want to erase everything you ever did. That's when all of a sudden he became like, wow, I'm irrelevant. And I, the emotion really got to him at that point, because that's when he started mm-hmm. opening up to the therapist, had those flashbacks and all that. Yeah. But, but you hit on something. I think what's going to happen because he's got nowhere to go. Right. So he broke out of prison. Um, whatever the repercussions for that, I don't know. But Cobra Kai is dead again. Right. As far as we know. So wouldn't it be interesting if, in the in the beginning or somewhere along because we don't know how when the next episode is going to start in the timeline it could be six months down the road it could be a year it could be the next day but wouldn't it be interesting if this time johnny is driving down the road and he turns and looks and he sees a cobra kai sign or or you know storefront or something and he finds out that crease is back and opened up cobra kai again replaying that moment where daniel uh, drove by and saw that Johnny had reopened Cobra Kai with the storefront. Interesting. Because kind of, they do a lot of those mirror type scenes. Yeah. So it would seem like now it would be Johnny that would turn around and see Cobra Kai has opened and find out that Kreese is not dead or whatever. Yeah, it could be. But I mean, it would have to be months in the future after. Uh, but I mean, I feel like they would have they would know because uh, Kreese still still broke out of prison. So I, true, I think yeah. that it would be, I think it would be highly public that they, they caught him, they brought him back. Maybe they exonerated him. Who knows? I, I, I don't see those guys with their, their fingers on the pulse of where their enemies are all the time. Aren't going to know that. Yeah. I, so, I, if he, if, if they play it up to where he just disappears, like they don't hear from him and they do it like three or four episodes in maybe. You know, like Maybe. no one knows where he is. They haven't heard from him. And even every once in a while, they're like, have you heard from Chris? No, I haven't heard a word. And then all of a sudden there's Cobra Kai again. Right. I think that could work. 
but it couldn't mm-hmm. be like first episode or anything like that. It would have to be a little ways in because remember, Cobra Kai still has an approval to enter the the tournament, right? So I could see Crease finding out about that because, as far as I know, he doesn't even know that that that's what it is. Right. So if he finds out about that and then he somehow starts up Cobra Kai and recruits new people or whatever, I don't know. I don't know how it would play out, but I, I see that being a really cool way to introduce that back into the show. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll have to wait and find out. I don't mm-hmm. know when the next season is due to start. Um, in one of the interviews, William Zabka said that they had already shot a lot of the stuff that didn't make it into season five is going into season six. So oh, okay. they've already got like a good head start on it. Um, last The last two years, it came out on New Year's Day. And then this year it came out in uh, October. So I don't know what the schedule is for the next uh, season to start. But I'm really excited for to see where this goes because uh, it's just so brilliant. Oh, me too. 